Welcome to Soul Talks with Bill and Christy Galtier. I'm Christy. And I'm Bill. So blessed to be married to Christy. We're psychotherapists, spiritual directors, and the founders of Soul Shepherding. We're glad you've joined us for Soul Talks as we invite you into our home for a conversation on life, love, and leadership with the Lord Jesus. It's the end of January here, almost February. I go to the stores and I see the red hearts everywhere, the the chocolate-shaped hearts and the heart-shaped chocolates, I mean, (laughs) the pink, white, and red M&Ms. I think you have a chocolate-shaped heart. (laughs) You do do love chocolate. I do love chocolate. Well, actually, to be precise, I don't really love chocolate. I desire it. Ah. I, I don't will good for chocolate, which is what love is. I I lust after it. I want to eat it. And that's what our culture says love is. So we're talking about love today on our podcast, and we're actually loving our listeners right now as we record this podcast for the third time. The third time. <laughs> yeah. We've talked about how we do soul talks as an overflow from our conversations that we're having. And that's our goal is that it just would be an easy follow-up to a conversation that we've had or something that we'd like to talk about. And we just talk on the air, but uh, sometimes they don't work out the way we would hope. Or in this case, that happened once. And then a second time we had a technology problem and it, and it got lost. <laughs> I got deleted accidentally. <laughs> and we had a, a great conversation and it's yeah. like, poof, it's yeah. gone. <laughs> so, so this is round three. Yeah. Persevering love. Persevering love, love for you, our, our listeners, to invite you into this conversation on true and authentic love. And a, it's a good thing I prayed the apprentice prayer the last few days, every day this year. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and so many times in my life, because in that prayer, we, we pray, oh God, I ask you to ordain the events of this day in my life and use them to make me more like Jesus. So help me not to complain or get frustrated when things go wrong, but instead to rejoice and relax in the yoke of your providence. So I'm getting some practice at that. Well, thank you for that, honey. I'm glad you are. Because the perfectionist in me, not so happy about this. (laughs) (laughs) I had to quiet that guy down. (laughs) Well, you did a good job of that. (laughs) It's about the process and the experience. There's always something to learn. And and I love having conversations with you. So we're doing it again. Thank you for that. And our listeners, Bill, really encourage us to, and God provided that for us today, you know, with with my Soul Shepherding Pastors Wives group, and a couple of them said, oh, I really appreciate your podcasts. And so thank you. You guys really encourage us to keep going during these times when we, yeah. we need that encouragement. Yeah, my associates group with a group of male pastors and leaders who are helping other pastors. I got some encouraging feedback also. So yeah, yeah. that's a blessing. It is. You guys bless us. So we're talking about love, and you know I'm thinking about Valentine's Day, and it brings back all these memories. I was a little girl in second grade, and we made these mailboxes out of shoe boxes, and we decorated them for Valentine's, and then we bought Valentine's, and we would go around, and you'd put a Valentine in anybody's shoe box that you wanted to. And I remember just being thinking, oh gosh, you know nobody's going to give me a Valentine, and you know feeling afraid and embarrassed, and then. At the end of the day, we got to take our mailboxes and open them the last 10 minutes a day and read our Valentines. And I was just like shocked. There were all these Valentines. Mm-hmm. It was so exciting. And then, you know, taking our kids to the store to pick out Valentines to send. And, you know, they just get better now. They have all these candy ones and stickers. And, mm-hmm. 
But Valentine's is fun. But it's it's really not very representative of what love is. Valentine's and we we think about as I got older, you know, and I'd have crushes on guys. And, you know, I'd get all, oh, you know, I want to be their Valentine. And I started to develop the romantic love. And then, you know, later I would feel envy because people that did have Valentines and they were getting all these flowers and letters and, you know, maybe I'd feel inadequate or even self-pity of, oh, you know, I don't have anybody my Valentine. And then when I did, I'd get all caught up in the romance of what I was going to do for my Valentine and, you know, what was my Valentine going to express his love for me and well then you're in college and i stole your heart you did <laughs> you truly did and that valentine's day and that was a, a great blessing of the lord you still have it only i give it to you <laughs> yeah how did that work every everybody had a, a heart-shaped sticker yeah and then the rule was for the women you couldn't talk and if a guy got you to talk you had to give him your heart sticker yeah, so there was a guy that got you to talk, and I found out that he had your heart, and I got it from him. <laughs> I think that's what happened. Yeah, and then I saw you in the cafeteria that day, and I saw you had somebody's heart sticker, and I thought, oh, man, I wish that was mine. <laughs> yeah, well, the truth was I actually gave my heart sticker to my brother R.A. in chapel that day because we had to take attendance, and I wanted to be able to talk to him yeah, about it. Yeah, <laughs> you wanted to be able to talk. I, I couldn't stand not talking. <laughs> you were not going to practice silence. <laughs> your extroverted wife. <laughs> yep. So I've still got your heart. I'm ho- so glad. Ho- holding it preciously in my hands. Yeah. Delicate, lovely heart of yours. Well, and you have romanced me, but far beyond that, you've loved me with true love, love of God. And that's what we're talking about today, that Love that Paul so helpfully lays out for us as the most excellent way. Let me show you the most excellent way, he says. He goes into this first Corinthians 13 list of attributes and explanations of what true love is. God, his love for us that's patient with us, that's kind. God's love for us that doesn't boast and doesn't envy isn't proud. It's love that isn't rude and forceful or self-seeking or easily angered. doesn't keep a record of wrong. It's love that doesn't delight in evil but rejoices with the truth. Love that always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres and never fails. Love never fails. This is God's love and we can learn to grow in our experience of God's love and share this with each other and uh, so important in marriage and in all of our relationships, family, friends, people that we care for in our small group, in our church, people that we are leading in different contexts, the people that we work with. We want to be people of 1 Corinthians 13 love. Yeah. But, you know, Bill, in all honesty, sometimes I run into my inability to love other people. Yeah. So what does that look like? Well, it can look like my judging them or my criticizing them or withdrawing from them, uh, withholding from them being impatient. Mm -hmm. And so I think that what helps me with that is I need to become possessed by love, meaning I need to receive God's love. We love because he first loved us. I need to be caught up and enthralled with this Trinitarian love. Yes, honey, what a joy it is if we are immersed in the presence of God's love, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, the community of three the sweet society of heaven welcoming us into intimacy. 
with God. What a wonder and a joy it is. You just, I love to just meditate on the, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit and how they love each other because they're the perfect family that we've always longed for, that we desperately need. We want to live our lives from this place, this community, this love where the Father says over Jesus, this is my beloved Son, and in him I am well pleased. Listen to him. And then the Son says, oh, the Father is the greatest. I submit to him in everything I do. And he says, oh, the Holy Spirit, he is so precious. It's okay if you speak a word against me, but don't speak a word against the Holy Spirit. And then the Holy Spirit joins the dance. And he says, oh, Jesus is Lord. Jesus is Lord. Abba, Father. Abba, Father. The Spirit is praying within each of us the names of the Father and the Son with great love and delight. And so each member of the Trinity in this dance is honoring one another above self. And we see just this tremendous humility in God as the Father puts the spotlight on the Son. The Son puts it on the Father and on the Spirit. And the Spirit puts it on the Father and the Son. And back and forth, they share the praise and the glory, no one wanting to elbow out the other, but always wanting to put the blessing and the honor on the other one. It's really a beautiful picture there of willing good for each other, loving the other as they love themselves. Jesus instructs us to do. It's a great model of that. It's such an amazing gift that we're loved by Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, invited into that loving community. It makes my soul want to skip a dance step. (laughs) Like, yes, I'm invited into this. And if God can be humble like this, when he's God, the awesome, almighty, all-powerful, perfect being, it's like, well, why am I trying to hog the spotlight or win or get ahead? Why can't I look to invest myself and help others to have a better life and to be more successful and be happy to be in the background? So this is a, the temptation that we all face that Paul speaks to us about in 1 Corinthians 13 when he says, you know, if I speak with tongues of men and angels but have not love, I, I gain nothing. You know, he's talking to us about these ways that we do try to get our needs met. Sure, by being an excellent speaker. Yeah. It's a, a great temptation for us who are pastors or uh, teachers and we, where we speak to groups. Yeah, we're a good speaker and people notice us, they give us attention, they applaud us, and it's very easy to start putting the attention on ourselves, even in a Christian talk, and to really glory in that, mm-hmm. rather than seeking to let Jesus be known, not only in our words, but in our demeanor and in our heart's desire. What do we really want people to think about when they walk away from having listened to us? Do we want them to be impressed with us and, oh, you know, wasn't Bill amazing? No, I would hope that they would walk away thinking about Jesus Mm. and drawn closer to him. Yeah, so we have these temptations, though, to to have power and impress people, to have them think highly of us because of the good things we do. Mm. Addresses that with, you know, if I give all I possess to the poor, Mm -hmm. surrender my body to be burned, but have not love, I gain nothing. Yeah, it's like the most extreme sacrifice you could make. But even that, without love, I'm nothing. There again, it just shows us our dependency on the Lord. We can't earn his love. It's Mm -hmm. it's freely given to us. 
Unconditional love. It's the grace of God. Well, I'm sitting here holding Charlie, and I'm thinking we need to distinguish the difference between need and love, because he comes and sits on my lap in prayers, and I feel loved by him, and you say, he doesn't love you. He needs you. (laughs) When I say that, that's so mean. (laughs) All the cat lovers are are going, oh, he he loves Christy. (laughs) But it is a true and helpful distinguishing factor here, honey, because sometimes we do confuse need with love. Yeah. I mean, we can't separate it totally because we have needs, Mm -hmm. but uh, essential to love is uh, transcending that, that natural selfishness to be generous and to really look for the best that we can offer to somebody else to make them happy without self-interest, stealing that away. And yet, if we take that in such an extreme way that we think, oh, so love is just like I'm totally empty, it's all about the other person, it quickly becomes like a chore or a duty. And you don't feel loved when someone is doing obligations to help you or care for you. If they don't want to do it, if it's not like coming from their heart and and there's a choice in that, that they're invested in and, and appreciating and even enjoying, then we're going to feel less loved by it even if the actions are generous and and very kind, we want it to come from the heart. We want it to be what the person's really willing and they're they're really putting their self into this. Yeah. And sometimes we can will good for another with a lot of emotion that, you know, is, is helpful and easy. And then other times, like when I talked about, if I run into my inability to love, it takes a little bit more of my, my discipline maybe to love in the form of praying for them. That's usually a way that I, can love somebody that maybe I'm, you know, not able to love in ways with more of the the emotion, the passion. But as I pray for them, you know, God meets me in that, and He gives me His love for them. He increases it. It's the best way, you know. It's the best way that we can love somebody is to secretly, uh, in our heart, to pray for them, to offer intercessions for them. And it was a great blessing for me in my day today that I got to do that for a number of different people. And just to know that I'm tuning into the Lord and joining that dance of the Father, the Son, and the Spirit to celebrate another person that God loves and to will good for that person. And Jesus does this. He loves us in this way. He's sitting at the right hand of the Father interceding for us. Mm-hmm. Romans 8. Romans 8 also says the Holy Spirit intercedes for us with groans that words cannot express. These are great, great examples of God's love that he calls us into, we can participate in. Yeah, I love that. I, I love how you talk, honey, about tuning into what you think that Jesus might be praying mm. uh, for me or for one of our kids or uh, a friend of yours or a pastor or leader, or another person that you're connecting with and offering soul shepherding to. It's one of the ways that you love people is you really do your best to listen from your heart to, well, Jesus Holy Spirit, what are you praying for this person? And just to, to quiet your heart as you you imagine them and hold their name before the Lord and then begin to send, what thoughts come into your mind? And then you begin to pray for that person. It really helps me because there are times when I really don't know what to pray or don't necessarily want to assume that I know what's most loving mm-hmm. to pray for for them. So it helps to be able to listen and trust the Holy Spirit to reveal that to me and to prompt me in my prayers. And it gives me such relief to know that God is the one who begins our prayers. Mm. Yeah, so we're talking about authentic and true love. And I think one of the things that I struggle with, when you really, um, if you want to apply 1 Corinthians 13, 
that's really what Paul is doing at the very beginning. And when he's going through these different examples about being a great public speaker or having, you know, the gift of prophecy and being able to fathom all mysteries and all knowledge or having a, a incredible faith that can move mountains or being sacrificially generous and your gift to the poor and, and the ways that you serve God and so forth. And these are all good things to do and ways that we might, uh, in that day, these were the top of the list of what they would think of as ways to be loving to other people. Mm-hmm. And yet Paul is saying these behaviors by themselves are not loving if you're not putting your heart into it, if you're not relying on, on God's love to inhabit you and, and live through you, which is like a really big point here because we so readily... And, we, and I've heard sermons, you know, as, as you have, where we go, oh, so love is patient. Okay, Bill is patient. Bill is kind. Bill, you know, we say, put your name in there. It's like, ah, that's going to give me a lot of guilt and a lot uh-huh. of pressure. We're talking yeah. about God's love here. That's where we need to start. That's the right theology. But if we really get Paul's message here and we contextualize it, then, you know, I might say, well, if I get everything all perfect and I don't have to redo any podcasts, then... Uh, that's great because I'm doing this service for the Lord and, and to help our listeners. But what uh, the Lord is saying through Paul is, well, Bill, if you don't have love in your heart for the people, then it's it profits nothing. Mm. It's like, oh, okay, well, Lord, okay, I abandon this to you. Maybe, maybe you want us to do this a third time. You know, and every of course, every time we do it is different, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We'll just trust that to the Lord, too. But, yeah. yeah, honey, you've got on Soul Shepherding an article called Without Love, I'm Nothing. Mm-hmm. On there, you have a, a way to really go deeper. Right, in, that's what I'm starting yeah, into, yeah. And, I, and I, I love this exercise that you have us doing because it encourages us to understand our temptations and mm-hmm. our identify our ways of thinking and the ways that we really need more of God's love in our lives. So, if I preach and teach a wonderful message but lack love, I am nothing. Yeah, or I might make a new one here if I buy flowers and a card and chocolates for my Valentine but have not love. I'm just doing it out of duty or even out of fear of what they'll do if I don't do it and have not love. I gain nothing. If I write a flowery poem full of uh, inspiring, affectionate, adoring words. And I've written some of those for you over the years. But if I do that without genuine love in my heart for you, as my wife, as my friend, then it's worth zilch. Yeah. Or, you know, as a two on the Enneagram, my temptation is to, you know, really sense what other people need and give it to them. Well, if I please people well... But I don't do it in genuine, authentic love. It's nothing. It's like that hay that Jesus talks about in his parable. It burns. It's mm-hmm. of no lasting, eternal value. If I know the Bible inside and out and speak with wisdom, but lack patience and kindness, I have nothing to give. Mm. Those are really helpful. You also have some really great questions for reflection in terms of understanding God's love and what parts of his love we need to receive more of. So, Yeah, it's a small group exercise. It's on soulshepherding.org. Without love, I am nothing. Well, Valentine, let me pray for you. All of our listeners, you're our Valentines. We love you. Yes. So, Lord Jesus, it's our prayer that all of us would know your love that always trusts 
always perseveres, always hopes your love that never fails. Form us in this love more and more we pray. Don't want to miss our upcoming series of Soul Talks for Lent on the cross and the kingdom. It begins on Saturday, February 25th. Each week, we'll have a conversation in response to the gospel stories, meditations, and prayers from our new booklet, Unforsaken, with Jesus on the Stations of the Cross. Unforsaken, that's what Jesus shows us. In Jesus' passion, we're caught up in the Father and Son intimacies and knowledge. We'd love to have you join us. You'd be doubly blessed if you buy a copy of Unforsaken. It's just $10 on soulshepherding.org or Amazon.